Welcome to the Digital Dark Age. Happy Monday, Bruce. How are you? Uh, I mean, healthy and alive. It's Monday. This is, what is this, Election Monday? <laughs> Have we officially dubbed this as Election Monday? Is that how this is? Well, uh, just like Election Sunday and Election Saturday and Election Friday, Thursday. Can we just like start naming it like months? Can we say this is election November and then we can just go to election December and election January and election February and and so on and so forth? Because I mean, as Hillary said, I think this thing's just going to drag out. And but of course, see, the media's already called it, which we'll talk. We'll talk about some of that. Yeah, I've been trying to avoid talking about election stuff today. I really, really don't want to talk election stuff today because we have these days specifically designed to talk about all of the tech stuff. But everywhere you turn, it's all election stuff. All of it. Everything. And I'm so tired of it already. It's as bad as the Russia collusion, but it's all in like three days, if that makes any sense. So it's it's like an information overload, but instead of a slow dose of it over the course of several months and weeks and months, it's in a matter of days now because they have to hammer this home. So President Trump is no longer the president because the media says so. I think that's where we are right now at the current time. And that's all we have at the current time. Now, we're going to talk election stuff tomorrow. We're going to get down into it tomorrow with Marty. We're going to get deep into it because the people I'm talking to, and I I mean, I talk to people, obviously, that are not in the U.S. because I'm not in the U.S. right now. But every single person that I seem to talk to that even doesn't like Trump at all, they're saying, you guys got screwed. You guys got screwed. What the hell happened over there? They stopped the election and then uh, like they stopped the they froze the counts and then all of a sudden they started them again. How how does that work? It's it's been a nightmare trying to. Oh, yeah, we were tired. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to to be fair, they just wanted to go home. They they just wanted to go home. Yeah. They needed a break. But see, they came back with coffee at 4 a.m. and and found and found all that. So. I mean, it's yeah, right. it's, it's all. It's I mean, all the way. they they were so on top of counting the votes, right? They were so they they called it early so they could get home and get get a good night's sleep so they could come right. in early the next. Right, day. they wanted to look at it fresh. And right, yeah, right, right. They needed right. So no, no. Uh, why is it that an hour after they stopped voting and and stopped counting that we see thousands of votes that a hundred percent are Biden? Uh, oh, but no, see, this, in exactly this, the places right. he needed them. Yeah. And this is this is what I, this is the going trend that I've I've seen from the um, left. Uh, they've said, well, see, no, the the left were telling their voters to vote by mail, whereas the right were saying vote in person. So obviously, the the split there that can be explained why a hundred percent of the votes were for Biden in those mail and ballot dumps. I mean, there was no errors. There was no third party candidate votes. None of that. And also, it just so happened that you did not see the same trend lines in the House and Senate races in those same states. Um, you just seen that big spike for Biden, but the House and Senate seen no such spike anywhere on their timeline. Nothing to see here. Move along. These are not the uh, these yeah. are not the ballots you're no looking problem. for. Move along. Move along. No, no, no problem. Forget there. droids. I mean, it's ballots. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is they they I don't know if they're antagonizing us. And legitimately trying to get us as the quote unquote conservatives to to rise up and revolt. I don't know if that's the intention or if they just think they are so above the law, if you will, that they can be brazen like this and just you won't do anything about it. Go ahead. Do something. You're not going to do anything. You're just a bunch of pansies. Tomorrow, I'm going to weigh in on that tomorrow. I'm going to save it. I I have got... A lot that I can say on it. And believe me, you may, we could sit here for probably three hours today nonstop and go at it on just that alone. Just that right there, what you just said. But I'm going to save it for tomorrow because there's something about this election that has me more concerned than the actual open theft of it. I mean, I kind of half expected that anyway, to be honest. But there's more, there's something to me, there's something that's more concerning than that. And and I want to address that. I want to, I want to cover it in detail. I want, I want to talk about it. I want to get down into a discussion about that. And I want to talk about it tomorrow. But like I said, Marty's going to be with us tomorrow. And there's plenty going on in the UK as well with the uh, the quashing and quelling of free speech as well. They've banned protest over there. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. But today, today, as I said, today's tech. Well, I wanted to talk about some other stuff, and it's been a chore to go through and try and dig out some tech stuff. It's been a real chore to do that. And I have a funny feeling that we're going to get turned back to the election because 
tech and and the election. Obviously, that's that's where everything is is trending right now. The censorship is there, as we said. The president should have taken executive action on those tech companies four years ago. I know he was tied up and all that other stuff. I get it, but you see, as a result of. I almost hesitate to say conservatives now because of what I want to get into tomorrow. I almost hesitate even saying that. With certain people, not just the media, but across the American public, the voting public across the country, have been saying, you have got to go after these tech companies. You fools in Congress have got to go after these tech companies. Stop dilly-dallying around. Stop dancing around the bush in the halls of government. Put these people out of business. Remove Section 230 and allow people to sue them. Let them get sued out of existence, because if you don't do that, then you're not going to be able to stop them. And, and I got people tell them. no, they don't want to stop. Them. They get campaign contributions. They keep them in office. Not only that, but it's akin to the spy agencies. For example, if you can freely wiretap someone without them knowing about it and without any kind of like warrants or any of that kind of stuff. And I'm, t- I'm talking about like Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. You can you can peer into their lives and create a exactly. Ten years Digital ago, I was building of them. I was building profiles on people using that, using exactly. social media. You don't need a Fourth Amendment. You don't need a search right. warrant. You don't need to go to a judge or a magistrate when right. you look at somebody's profile. You can build a profile on somebody looking at their associations. You can get into their lives. Right. So because of that, they don't want to give up that power. They don't want to give up that control. They just hope that they have control of the House and Senate. They hope that they are the ones holding the reins to this monstrosity. And what they're failing to realize is that monstrosity is controlling them as well. So no, they're not. They're not going to do anything to get rid of it. Trump might. He might do some executive orders. He might try to push the the ball rolling in that direction. The problem is it's an executive order. The next president just overturns it. Yeah. It's not like you got any people in uh, in his campaign staff that are uh, that are backing him right now. You notice that they're saying, oh, Mr. President, you, you need to concede. You need to concede. What did I say the other day about his campaign staff? They're a bunch of idiots. They're a bunch of chicken neck little cowards is all they are. I, I don't know what they're there for. I, I don't know what they're there for. They didn't do anything for his campaign. He's a self-promoting guy in, in this last election cycle. I, I didn't see any kind of a clear message. Did you? I didn't see Make America Great Again. I didn't see that as big as I saw it in 2016. I didn't see that. There was no clear message. There was nothing. He showed up at a place. He gave a good speech. And then he talked and entertained the crowd after that speech. That's what made him popular in all this. Not that he had a clear message. Not that there was some kind of a, of a political sideshow thing going on. But these people that ran his campaign are either incompetent or they're on the take on the other side. That's all I can think. That's all I can think. They are there to schmooze and get money. That's all they're there for, to get the the, the glitz and the glam and the photos and, and all these opportunities and all these uh, backroom deals, smoky backroom deals with all these politicians and all these lobbyists and everything. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. The, the political class is a bunch of nihilistic, degenerate fools, and they are disconnected from reality. I don't think they And like half this. these... No, they don't. Half these people that work for his campaign, hell, they'd go work for Biden tomorrow if they paid him. Yeah, the the thing is, so, and what I mean by that, they don't like us. I, I'm talking about the GOP types. I'm talking about the elites that have been doing the backroom deals like you're talking and been lining their pockets during this entire time and before that, right? Even during the Obama administration, they were, you know, lining their pockets Honestly, they want to go back to business as usual. They're tired of the Trump voter. They're tired of the Trump uh, of Donald Trump. They're tired of all of this this nonsense and whatnot. They want to go back to basically going back into the shadows and doing their uh, dirty dealings and and just kind of telling the American people, the, their voters, hey, we'll do this, this, and this. And then when they actually get reelected, they do nothing. They don't do any of those things. They they put forward one bill that they know is going to get shot down and be like, oh, I tried. No, no. We'll, we'll see how this goes, how Trump has changed the Republican Party. If he's changed it, or if he's not changed, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see when when election times come. To, if if you know America stays together long enough to, to have the next uh, election cycle, um, we'll we'll see how things go. But I don't know, man. The, the way tech's going, if you go to like Donald Trump's feed, for example, on Twitter, just you know, as as a listener, go on there and 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 just uh, you know, at real Donald Trump, just just go look look at his feed. Every single post since election 
is blocked or or it has the little sensor tag that you have to hit the view button on to to actually see his tweet and then there's a, a right at the top of his tweet there's a little uh, asterisk or or you know something they said oh this can't be verified or oh blah 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 whatever some kind of censoring nonsense that they're doing and they've been doing this non where is that on on Joe Biden when he's saying the exact same things Donald Trump's saying but from the left where is that Where's the censoring? Where's the censoring of people like, I don't know, Antifa or BLM, where they're talking about uh, the We've going after first, different groups and organizations? First and f- yeah, first and foremost, since you bring up Antifa right there, they have a verified Twitter account. I didn't even know that. I, I didn't even know that. That's shameful. That's shameful. They're out there calling for the assassination of journalists openly, openly. Uh, what was it? I, Elijah Schaefer was the was the one that they were going after. They, they were publicly yeah, they were, saying it. Yeah. And, and it was and him and allowed- a few. A, it was him and a few other journalists um, in Washington D.C. that they were they were going after, and they were actively uh-huh. trying to assassinate. And, and this is okay. They have a verified Twitter account. Oh, yeah, it's, that's that's peaceful. Well, that's see, peaceful. No, Antifa is just an idea. It's not actually. Oh, right, groups. right, yeah, it's, right, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing's for sure. Out, out of all of this uh, this election stuff, there's 70 million people that would beg to differ with that. That that we know of for sure. With at the very minimum. So. Uh, well, censorship. Now, I follow Trump's Twitter feed, but I follow it on Telegram. I don't follow on actual Twitter. I don't use Twitter, but I'm linked into his channel and it feeds through and I can see the post. This would explain why I haven't seen anything in the last, I don't know, uh, two or three days, really. I, I've seen a couple of things, but it's nowhere near as active as what it normally is. But that would explain it because if it gets censored on that platform, obviously it doesn't it doesn't transfer over. So here's the other thing. Uh, as far as big tech censorship when it comes to uh, cancel cultures, and we've talked about cancel culture before, and it's here. It, it's here. It's it's openly being done because action was not taken at the appropriate time when all of us were screaming about it four or five years ago. I, I've been screaming about it for longer than that, because, as I said, 10 years ago, I was using it for other purposes because it's information that's out there. Why not? And it was very successful. Imagine what they're doing with it now. DHS chiefs say that tech censorship Cancel culture is a national security threat. You think? It, it's here. The deputy secretary of the Department of Homeland Security warned Monday that the actions of tech companies in censoring opinions they do not agree with constitutes a grave threat to national security. Do, do you know what it is with these people? They're not the tolerant people they bill you on. It's you agree with us 100% on the day that we say or you're out. I've been saying since the start of this thing, since since the beginning of of these the rise of these extremist groups, BLM, Antifa. And then, of course, you've got the, the usual suspects when it comes to political parties and whatnot. You cannot make a deal with this. They're not in the business of making deals. They don't care what you have to say. They don't care that, oh, well, we want to sit down and we have a dialogue. They understand one thing when it comes to dialogue. They shoot people they don't agree with or you get dragged off to a prison camp somewhere. That's how these people operate. When the riot started, I said, this is the revolution. This is it. This is it. When COVID started, I said, that's what this is going to be turned into. You can go back and listen to the podcast that we were talking about it with. I I said it back then. It was I think it was even before summer. I was saying that if you understand history and you understand the way that totalitarians operate and the way that they take over via increments, incremental totalitarianism, successive approximation, it's a slow grind towards that end road. So when you have tyrants come in, they grab a hold of something. It's the most ancient form of warfare. It's called siege. They cut you off from your routines and your resources. Are they doing that? Have they done that? They have to silence you. They have to lock you down. Are they doing that? We're being held. Ken Susanelli, I believe that's how you say his name, uh, pointed to Twitter's decision last week to suspend the account of Mark Morgan, the DHS DHS's border chief, after he posted a message declaring the border wall can stop gang members and murderers. He also highlighted the fact that another social media platform, uh, Hootsuite, never heard of that. It's a, it's a new one on me. Hootsuite? Never heard of it. Severed ties with ICE two months ago after woke employees kicked up a fuss. Big tech, this is a quote from, uh, this is the quote from the Deputy Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Big tech would rather see Americans victimized than admit they were wrong. Well, that's true. He said that to the Washington Times. Acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf also slammed Twitter on Friday, urging that censorship poses a threat to our security. Of course it does. This is exactly why action needs to be taken before they get to a point where you can't stop them. In a letter to Jack Dorsey, Wolf described Twitter censorship as unjustified and disturbing. As the Department of Homeland Security 
and other federal agencies continues to rely on Twitter to share important information with the U.S. public, your censorship poses a threat to our security. So let me put this into perspective. If a law enforcement agency, if a federal law enforcement agency such as DHS or ICE or Homeland Security, these are all agencies that are hated by the woke crowd, right? They're, they're all out there and uh, protesting, you know, no borders, no wall, no USA at all. I think that was a chant just the other day. Again, yeah. Abolish ICE, right? That's been a thing for quite some time. So when you have that attitude and you have it in tech companies and the companies themselves are censoring information that those agencies try to share with the public to help protect the public, what do you what are you supposed to do? If they take that down because they don't agree with it. Oh, well, we think that your organization is a uh, how are they putting it? Oh, it's a it's a fascist organization of the state. So we have to, we have to censor that. We have to censor that. So if a gang breaks the border, let's say a cartel breaks the border. OK, let's say cartel members break the border and they come across and they're killing in mass in a community somewhere. Don't you think it's a good idea that the public should know about that? I'm just saying that as an example. God, I hope that doesn't happen. But we know that there's cartel violence on the border already. So I'm not ruling it out as a possibility. It is a real possibility. I've not been down to the border. I don't know what's going on down there. But from the some of the stories I hear, it's pretty bad. But don't you think it's a pretty good idea to let the public know so they can protect themselves so they can keep to their own safety? You know, parts of Arizona, parts of New Mexico, th- those are sparsely populated areas in a lot of cases. So you might have people out there, some farmer, some rancher out there that might not have uh, his next door neighbor to help him. He might be on his own and his nearest neighbor might be a couple of miles down the road. Don't you think it would be a good idea for them to understand what's going on? But see, when you have tech companies that come in and they take that down because they don't agree with it, well, that doesn't make it untrue, does it? It just makes them an authoritarian, which is what they say that they're fighting. I don't know if you remember this when uh, I think it was during the debate, the president mentioned coyotes. Do you remember what Twitter, the blue checks on, uh, well, celebrities basically were saying coyotes? Why, why are they talking about animals? Oh, you they had no me. clue. They're smuggling. They're human are. traffickers. Yeah. So it that was baffling to me. This president has been, God, there's so many things that the president has done that's good. Like he's been the the, the hardest on human trafficking than uh, as far as presidents since my time, uh, at least the time that I've stayed politically aware. He's helped these organizations that we have here in the U.S. try to combat human trafficking, not just in the U.S., but globally. He's done more to help them than any other president, at least in my lifetime. But he's a terrible, fascistic, racist, racist xenophobic, insert your name there, president. It, it is... <laughs> It's absurd. And and the fact that as much as I don't like government organizations and whatnot, there's a few that I believe should function and be, you know, that's part of the federal government's job. ICE is one of them, right? And and uh, borders, uh, we, we need to have safe borders. So the fact that they're, they're silencing them on Twitter, I don't know. I mean, you as a listener, do you think that's a problem at all? Do you, you think that's okay? Do you think that because this is a private corporation that they can freely silence people? Do you, do you think that you know it's okay for them to have um, government provided privileges that the rest of us don't get, but they can freely censor when you know that was part of the stipulation and agreement was they don't censor? But is that okay? Because I I don't see where any I don't I don't see anybody on the on the right speaking up about it. Other than a few select groups that the media has already said, the media and social media and whatnot say are conspiracy theorists. Those are the only, the only ones that I see talking uh, about Section 2030. So I, I feel like we're in a, in a losing battle here. It seems like the, the American people, at least it seems this way because it, it just it doesn't you're not able to get your voice out there, I should say. It seems like the American people are just like, well, hey, he lost. So. Yeah, just just and it only on. gets more difficult. It only gets more difficult if you don't speak up. I mean, do you think that honestly, in the grand scheme of things, do you think that I really want to sit here and do this? Yeah, Bruce, you're laughing. <laughs> do, do you think I really want to sit uh, yeah. here and do this? I don't. I, I don't. I genuinely do not. I got other things I could be doing. I got other things that I want to do. But if you know, I don't I've do it, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? I don't see anybody else that I know doing it. I, I hear people come at me with with feedback and they're like, hey, listen to you guys today. You guys did great. Keep it up and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, why aren't you doing the same thing? Yeah, it's not like we're special people or, or unique in some way. We're average people that showing you that, hey, look, 
we're out here trying to do something. You take up the reins and try to do something too. This is this is an effort to try to get people to stand up, basically, right? Uh, we want to go back to, I, I hate saying normalcy, but we want to go back to the point to where we can civilly disagree with each other and and discuss issues and policies and problems instead of insulting one another and going straight to name calling and whatnot or, or calling you a fascist because you I, believe I've differently than that. they do. I've never done well, that. No, I've never but, gone to that level. I was I was not raised like that. You can disagree with I someone, agree. but I, I put and I know you do this, too. I put friendship before politics. I always have. I always have because I, I'm not going to be one of those people that shuns someone just because I don't agree with them. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be like a censoring tech company that's going to come in and say, well, we're just going to shut you off because we don't agree with you. I, I'm not that kind well, of person. It, no, it's not even it's not even tech companies that are doing that. It, it's, it's also just the average person. Uh, you have people that talk politics. They were friends for years and they talk politics with one another. And they're, they're like, well, they're Trump supporters. So I, I removed them from my friends list. They're no longer friends with me. It's like, really? This That's is sad. the level that you guys like. It, give me a reason, uh, an example, uh, proof, evidence, something. Give me hard facts as to why the president is a fascist, uh, a racist, uh, xenophobic, all the all the different names that you keep calling him. Give me evidence of it. Show me. I, we, we live in our own bubbles. So maybe I'm just not seeing it. Maybe maybe it's because, you know, we're, we're um, only, only seeing things from, you know, we, we've talked about the ephemeral experiences on Google, right? The, the searches that you do, it's, it's unique to you based on your, your search history and your, you know, the algorithms customly built for you. So maybe when I search stuff and I'm looking on CNN or something or, or one of these other news agencies, maybe I'm not being fed the right information to see the, the, the things that, you, that, that the left is talking about, because I'm not seeing any of those uh, racist, xenophobic, uh, all, the, all the stuff that they're talking about. What I'm seeing is, well, he's really concerned about, he's genuinely concerned about the, the country's state of affairs. He's concerned about keeping our borders safe. He's concerned about our economy and so on and so forth. That, that's what I see. I'm not seeing all the stuff that they're talking about. So, you know, maybe I'm just not seeing the right facts. So rounding off here with, uh, with tech, uh, after educating Dorsey on what the uh, Customs and Border Patrol goes through at the border to protect America... Which, like I said, it's pretty bad down there. Wolf urged that, quote, your company may choose to be ignorant of these facts, but it's no less censorship when you choose to suppress them. True. There was no reason to remove Mr. Morgan Sweet from your platform other than ideological disagreement with the speaker. Again, just because they have a woke ideology that allows you to shut everyone else down. As I said, if you don't agree with the mob, you're done. You're done. There's no coming back from it. This cancel culture, this is worse than exile in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union, that was one thing. I mean, that was bad in and of itself. There it was, well, uh, you've you've obviously committed an error here, comrades. So uh, we have to uh, shun you, right? Pretty much the party would, would kick you out. Exile, you throw you into the gulag for a period of time or whatever, until you learn the error of your ways. And then once you came back, after you spent, of course, a, a few months in a in a vacation at, in eastern Siberia, of course, at a five-star resort, you were forgiven and welcomed back into the fold. There's no coming back from this. Once you're out, you're out. Look at the people that have lost their jobs. Look at the people get th that get thrown out of organizations. As you said, Bruce, the people that have been friends for, for generations, decades, they don't talk to them anymore. There's no coming back from this. That's what makes this even more devastating than the last time. That's what tech has done. And I, I love the people that say, oh, well, that's not going to happen to me. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. He rounds off here, the DHS head, by saying it is dangerous and damaging when any publisher arbitrarily and unfoundedly decides, as it did here, that the facts and policies of a particular presidential administration constitute violence in order to censor them. And then, of course, he said that uh, he was accusing Twitter of sabotaging public discourse. And they are. It's what they're doing. We've talked about it before with the social media being that is the city square now, right? That's where we go to have conversation and talk. And it's the public square. It's where you go to be heard. Now you're being censored and silenced. So now where are you supposed to go to have your voice heard? Where do you go? Right. So to keep with to keep with this, and I, and I hate to turn this whole thing into tech censorship, but that's what we're seeing a, a, a wave of over the last few days because of all this. Do you know what angel families are? Uh, isn't that like military families or something? Um, it's advocates for victims of illegal alien crime. So oh, okay, if okay, if okay. someone yeah. gets like Kate Steinle was killed by someone that 
had a gun in what was it like MS-13. San Francisco or something? Yeah, MS thirteen. Yeah, well, MS thirteen murders that that kind of stuff. Yes. Oh, anybody well, that's killed yeah, by the, the, the. I just I want to point this out because this really grinds my gears. That specific shooting, the gun the guy had that he found on a park bench was uh-huh. one of the Fast and Furious guns during the Obama administration. You know when they released all those assault weapons, quote unquote, and other uh, hardware to uh, see where they end up, and they just oh. We lost them. We lost track of where they went. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that was one of those guns, by the way. Uh-huh. I, I love how that... It's just... Bruce, it's just sheer coincidence. It's just sheer coincidence that happened. Twitter blacklists angel families days after the presidential election. So this just happened. Twitter has suspended multiple accounts for angel families, those whose loved ones were killed by illegal aliens days after the November 3rd presidential election. Huh. Which, by the way, I, I know the media has called that, but we don't have an actual concession, do we? Nope. Well, it's not even that we don't have an actual concession. It's that many of the states that like Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, uh, Arizona, Nevada, and I think, was it North Carolina? They're all, there's lawsuits that have been filed and they're to do recounts. Um, there's, uh, I believe, an FBI investigation into some of them because of some of the reports that were coming out of there, the whistleblowers, some of the stuff they were talking about. There's uh, been some investigation started for the post office because of some of the stuff that's happened there. So, no, it, 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 the election hasn't been called. There's so much questionable going on right now that um, you can't call it. But the media, um, what do we have? Three major organiza- uh, outlets now saying that Biden won. Is it five? Okay, so we have five organizations now saying that Biden won. And uh, congratulations. We even have the and, prime minister of, of and the UK they've got, saying. They've congrats. got the lemmings that are the world leaders coming out saying, oh, congratulations. Shut up. Shut up. I don't care it's what any that. of you idiots have to say. Shut your mouths. This ain't over. Trump. Trump will continue fighting this. Trump is not one to concede when he's, especially if he's been cheated. Now, if he fairly lost, he would concede. But because there is no fairness about this, he will fight this until the day before, um, basically, basically when he's to leave the office, you know, the 20th or whatever it is, January 20th, when, when, he, when it's time for him to leave office, he will continue to fight to that point. And then once it's time to leave office, he'll leave. There won't be any kind of you know, uh, having to have uh, the, the Marines carry him out or whatever kind of BS the left is coming up with. Twitter has blacklisted the accounts for Angel Mom Marianne Mendoza, as well as three accounts that represented Angel families, including the Angel Families organization and the advocates for the victims of illegal aliens. OK, that's a different organization. Uh, I'm sorry on that one. That's a different organization, uh, including the Angel Families organization and the advocates for victims of illegal alien crime. Again, it's the woke mentality, isn't it? They don't agree with it. They don't go along with any of this stuff. They don't care what happens as far as like border crime. They don't care about any of that stuff. So all that has to go. You're not allowed to see any of that. Mendoza, whose son Brandon Mendoza was killed by an illegal alien in 2014, told the Breitbart News that her Twitter account was suspended without any explanation as to why. Likewise, her accounts for her Angel Families organization were suspended as well. Angel mom Sabine Durden, who has a 30-year-old son, Dominic, or excuse me, who had a 30-year-old son, Dominic, was killed by an illegal alien in 2012. She told Breitbart News that the Twitter account for AVIAC, which is the Advocates for Victims of Illegal Alien Crime, was suspended with an explanation. She said that the AVIAC account had not changed any of its usual posts sharing practices when the suspension occurred. And of course, if you go down through, they have screenshots of all the accounts, accounts suspended, because it violates the Twitter rules is what it says. So everything's been taken down. Everything's been removed. So last year, Twitter suspended Marianne Mendoza's account because of her post raising awareness on the dangers of illegal immigration. Mendoza was forced to delete the post in question in order to have her account reinstated. A Twitter spokesperson, Twitter explains, a Twitter spokesperson told Breitbart News that the accounts were suspended for violating our platform manipulation and spam policy. The spokesman did not provide specific posts for that violated policy, though. Okay, so key rule here. To to be clear, Hang on just a second. To to be clear, we're not talking about immigration here. We'll we'll talk about that another time. We're talking Mm. about tech censorship. That's all we're presenting here. Right. It's the narrative or the conversation point that the left doesn't like, so they're censoring it. So key point here, if you're posting something that is politically... Uh, opposite of whatever Twitter and Facebook and you know all these uh, tech people have, 
Um, and they tell you, well, we, we censored it. So you have to delete your post before you'll, you'll, you know, we'll reinstate it. No, don't delete it, fight it, or just leave the platform altogether and go to parlor. Uh, but the, the problem with this is they're not censoring you technically because they're not deleting your posts or whatnot. They're just, you know, flagging them as I'm, I'm, I'll have to look into the, the, the legal specifics on how the wording is and everything. I haven't dug into that really, but kind of what I'm, I'm speculating is what they're doing is they're skirting legal grounds here and, oh, we're not, we're not actually censoring your posts. You're censoring, you're self-censoring. So all we're doing is flagging posts that are breaking the rules of our policies. As such, they're getting exactly what they want when you delete the post. That's why you shouldn't delete the post and you should fight it and make it, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to people, th- this is the problem. People can't afford to f- file a lawsuit. The, the legal expenses that come of that you it just the average person can't afford it. It's it's a lot of money. So people don't want to fight it. They just want to have their account back. That's the problem. This is why I say Section 230's got to go. It's got to go. Yeah. Because if yeah. you if then then you can throw together a class action lawsuit. All right. So speaking of uh, of tech here, and I know we're going to get into uh, some of the uh, the election ballot, you know, electronic voting, balloting, all that crap. Because there's a big thing going on with that. That's to be expected. Anytime you get electronic voting in. You're just asking for trouble. You're just asking for trouble. The electronic voting that they did at the DNC for the Iowa caucus, hell, I think to this day, we don't even know who won that. Which, by the way, just on a side note, this might not be important or anything, but Kamala Harris dropped out before the Iowa caucus because she was so unpopular. Just throwing that out there. Um, So last week, we talked about Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, and Sundar Pichai being hauled in before Congress to answer for all of this, this censorship that's going on. About specifically, they were questioned about the New York Post. Well, Twitter's gone back and and they've reinstated the New York Post account after 16 days. Of course, the damage is already done, isn't it? Following a contentious congressional testimony this week from CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, and a 22% drop on Friday, the social media giant finally decided to unlock the New York Post account. Well, I thought they couldn't do it. I thought they couldn't do it. Just days before the general election, after more than two weeks in Twitter jail is what they're calling it, for posting a negative article... On the company's preferred candidate, Joe Biden was the laptop, wasn't it? In a Friday afternoon thread, Twitter safety wrote in their wrote that their policies are living documents. Of course, of course, they're living documents. Well, the Constitution, that's not a living document, is it? No, of course not. Which they're willing to update and adjust when we encounter new scenarios or receive important feedback from the public. How much feedback do you need? You're banning accounts left and right. You're suspending accounts left and right. And every time you get called on it, you say, oh, well, uh, th- there was a, uh, an error and, and we've corrected that error. Well, the damage is done. How many errors do you have? Oh, well, that's that one employee. That's that one department that uh, we're, we're dealing with. It's always that. That's the same excuse every time. Every time it's that. The company says that they're, quote, updating our practice of not retroactively overturning prior enforcement and have decided to let the post have their account back. Well, how gracious of you. Isn't our um, tech overlords just a, aren't they just wonderful? They're just so benevolent. So yeah. it's just, they should have never blocked the account anyway, because all the stuff that they were talking about, there's documented proof, which multiple independent organizations have all said, yeah, these are all valid. 26,000 emails. Yeah. They said, yeah, it matches up with the Google servers. Everything like, uh, for lack of a better word, because uh, I, I don't remember the word offhand, but the uh, the watermark, if you will, on the, the Google emails matched up with the servers. It's not a watermark. It's the identifier key, whatever you want to call it. It all matched up. So in other words, if these emails are indeed fake and forged and whatnot, they had to have an insider on in Google to help them create 26,000 emails. Had to be an engineer because it was, you know, server level. So either that happened and you believe that conspiracy or you believe that these emails are indeed real and the was it three guys that are in jail that were business partners with the the uh, Hunter Biden? You know, uh, you have to believe that was not associated at all with it. If you believe the um, conspiracy that those emails are false, well, that's true. And, and to be fair, all they had to do, if the New York Post wanted to avoid all of this, and if Twitter wanted to avoid all of that, then you notice that it didn't actually change until their their stock took a twenty two percent hit. 
You notice that that didn't change until that happened. So I don't think that it was the fact that they turned around and said, well, uh, we're going to do this because it's the right thing to do. They don't care about what that is. They don't care about what that is. Dorsey doesn't give a damn. Look at the guy. The guy doesn't give a damn about himself. He doesn't care enough to to shave and, and have a shower and a haircut and take the hoop out of his nose before he appears before the U.S. Congress. He doesn't care about that. So what makes you think that any of these other people give a damn? They don't care. If they would have just listened to Jake Tapper, then all this could have been avoided, you know, over at CNN. If they had just listened to him, Jake Tapper suggested that the Post just delete their their tweet and then everything would have gone back to normal. That's all they had to do. So don't have any integrity. Don't stand up for yourself. Don't stand up for what you believe in. Give in to the censorship. That's what Jake Tapper's saying. Jake Tapper's disgusting. He's disgusting. And you know what? The media in general, I think in all this, their credibility, whatever they had, especially Fox News. Fox News. Oh, man, I'm going to lay into those idiots tomorrow. Fox News, they're a disgrace. They are a disgrace. They're a disgrace. I, I mean, I've been saying that before. There's only a couple of good people over there, but uh, they're a disgrace. But the Post, the New York Post has gained nearly 200,000 new followers since they've been locked out. So it's a rebounding effect. You see, when somebody comes out and they put bombshell information like that out, well, then all that's going to do, and, and if Twitter or Facebook or one of these companies, if they block it, and then it gets media attention, well, that's just going to make that story gain more, that much more traction. So it's having the opposite effect. But again, like I say, the damage is done. The revenue's lost. The popularity's lost. The uh, the amount of hits on that article are lost. And so it drops further in the ratings. So it, again, the damage is done. Uh, by the way, MailChimp is now another one that's been added to uh, big tech censorship list, their blacklist. Of course, the Federalist has been put on there. The Gateway Pundit's now on there, I believe. Zero Hedge is on there. The New York Post was. They got taken off. A couple other organizations, they're banned from Twitter. Uh, and uh, now it seems as MailChimp, uh, MailChimp is going to join that. And the companies are announcing that it will ban users who distribute misleading content, which is a complete arbitrary decision, in my humble opinion. All right. So I was hoping not to get into this stuff today, and, and I really don't want to, but it's just it's it's there. So let's discuss it. And that is electronic voting. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this because I know we're, we're running out of time here. I want to talk about some uh, some software that was used that apparently there's been a glitch on a lot of that software. Go figure. There's a software program that's out there that's called Dominion, I believe, or is it the actual, is that the voting mechanism that they're using? That's the software company. Dominion is like, it's... Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So... So there's that. And then also there's the uh, the Sharpie thing that's going on because you've got electronic readers uh, that go through. So and here to talk about electronic election irregularities is our very own GP. GP, it's good to have you on a digital dark age. We've never had you on one of these before. And it's nice to actually that have you on. True. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I, uh, I don't know how much I'm going to give you on this uh, irregularities. That we're having. Well, I'll tell you what, let's start with let's start with the software glitch in Michigan, right? In just mm. a single Michigan county that tallied six thousand Republican votes as Democrat. Mm -hmm. So it glitched in the software. <laughs> just mm -hmm. I'm doing the air quotes. A glitch in the software used to tabulate ballots in Antrim County, Michigan caused at least 6,000 Republican votes to be counted as Democrat, according to the Michigan GOP chairwoman, Laura Cox. This miscalculation or irregularity, as she said, wasn't it, Bruce? Irregularity? Yeah. Uh, she said in a press conference was first reported by a county clerk. A short investigation, so you don't even need a detailed one, revealed that 47 counties in Michigan may have also suffered from a similar glitch with the same software, which could have caused some red counties to rake in a higher number of Democrat votes than usual. Well, that doesn't seem suspicious or anything, does it? Uh, is then is the software a B&H software? The software we're looking at, I think it was the... Um, um, they see reported glitch in the software of Dominion Voting Systems equipment saw 6,000 mm -hmm. votes switch from Republican, Republican to Dominion. Democrat. Dominion. Yes. Dominion. Really? Yes. That's yes. the name yes. of the software. That's yeah. the name of the software. You couldn't make it up. You could not make it up. Yeah, they're, they're based out of Toronto. They have some, I see the, the quote unquote local office, if you will, here in the U.S. is um, based out of Denver. It just so happened real quick. The the CEO of the company just so happened to donate to the Clinton campaign and also has affiliations with um, Democrats and lobbying groups for the Democrats. Oh, well, no, I see it gets. No, that's not important. Really. It, it gets better than that. Well, it, gets, no. it gets more juicy. Okay, than that. Hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Before we go okay. there. Before we go there. The Dominion voting mm -hmm. system. Right. As you said, Bruce, Denver based. Mm -hmm. Right. Denver-based. They use the democracy. 
I got to try to do this without laughing because it's so obvious it's laughable. They used the um, the Democracy Suite 5.5 software which was used in 69 counties in Michigan on Tuesday. Dominion Voting Systems Incorporated is one of three voting companies, excuse me, it was one of three voting equipment vendors, which control 88% of the U.S. market. And you're telling me this only happened in 69 counties in one state, please. During congressional testimony... This is where I say it gets better. This gets really good. During congressional testimony in January, John Polis who is the CEO of Dominion Voting Systems, confirmed that the machines Dominion manufactures include components from China and noted the issue of foreign suppliers isn't unique to the voting equipment industry. Oh, really? Why is our software being our voting software overseas? Thank you. Uh, Most notably in communist China. um, So basically this is okay. So the software. okay, so the hardware uh, I watched the interviews on this. This is mm. what they've told Congress. All right, the the CEO and and the mm. um, the other counterparts there for for the, this company. They were saying that the components that are coming out of China are things like transistors, LCD screens, like the glass part. They're saying that it, it's basic components for circuit boards and all that. And they said, um, largely, China is like the. Uh, producer of it. They can't get it here in the US. They, they were like, if we could get a US company to produce this for us in, in the United States, we would have used them. But uh, there, there is none. It's so we have to outsource from China. And honestly, they may not be wrong on that one. I'm not saying I don't just uh, trust them on this one. That no, legitimately I, I could be the case. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with that. They said, they said it's assembled and programmed in the U- United States. But the, the issue that I've seen with it um, in Georgia, uh, they've admitted to it in Georgia in at least two counties that there was a software update the night before the election, and it caused the voting machines to be down for two hours the next day. So, you know, it's not a uh, just not on a- kind of a little bit of a problem, maybe. No, of course not. And just on a side note, and I'm sure, again, I'm sure this is just coincidence. I'm sure it has nothing to do with anything. Uh, The Dominion voting system software is also used in the following states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Nevada, Minnesota, and Arizona, most notably Maricopa County. Uh, Where are we seeing all of the the problems? Where, Where are we seeing all of the challenges happening? It's been in those states. Isn't it used universally? Isn't it one software across the country? I don't believe so. I could be mistaken on that, but I don't believe so. I think there's I think there's several different ones uh, that are used, yeah. but this is just well, one I of mean, the biggest ones. Yeah, that, as you as you said, it's um, the eighty eight percent or or something like that. Um, there's there's a lot. So basically, all the all the states we're seeing right now that's are in contention that are mm-hmm. um, being recounted and all that they use the software. And it just so happened that these same states that are using this software had 100 percent ballots uh, or mail in ballots were for Biden, you know, at like four in the morning. I mean, it it just that's normal Four in the morning for ballots. And yeah, it's saying here just to clear this up, it's saying here in another county in Michigan that they use a different kind of software. They use a software from Heart InterCivic which is a different company completely. So it's mm-hmm. and and they had similar problems. Most notably, the switch initially caused uh, the county commissioner, Adam, interesting name, Cockenduffer, not making that up, mm-hmm. uh, to lose. Once the glitch was found, the votes were reportedly attributed. Cockenduffer, yes, that's his name. I'm not making that up. I'm, I'm dead serious. Went I'm from losing by 100. 100- yeah, I'm sorry for the elementary school experience. For him. I, Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> he went from losing by. I, that's why I said I had to look at the name a couple of times to make sure. But that's his name. I was actually um, referring to your enunciation of the name. Is it proper? In German, it is. In, in English, in the U.S., we would say Cockenduffer. OK, just, just make it just sure. saying that. But okay. in in. Yeah. Here, that's what it is. I'm sorry. I live here. What do you want me to say? He went from losing by 100 votes to winning by over 1,100. So according Mm -hmm. to the Royal Oak Tribune and Oakland County, like I said, they use the the software from Heart InterCivic. And they use a proprietary system called Verity. 11 Michigan counties also use Heart System. So see, it's not just one company. It's not just one system. Okay. The thing is, though, is as we were talking with the the ballots that just appeared and we've seen the spikes, it's just... I've seen some shady stuff on on the live streams and stuff that are that are coming from uh, these these ballot counting locations. By the way, and the I think we need to make 
I think on that note, I'm sorry to interrupt. On that note, we need to make a correction. We need to make a correction. The other day, we talked about video that was, uh, it appeared to be a man unloading uh, some what looked like boxes filled of things into a wagon uh, and dragging it into a vote, uh, a ballot counting center in the TCF center. And it turns out, as we said, that that was pro- we said at the time that you don't know what it is, but it's possible that it could be ballots. But because there was no security checks, there was nothing that, you know, the guy wasn't being stopped or, or searched or anything like that. And he's walking into a counting center after unloading boxes from the back of his truck. What would you expect? I mean, what, what would you think? And someone caught him when they were going out to get coffee. Well, it turns out that was a cameraman, I think, and he was bringing some of his equipment in. So that's yeah, what that turned out to be. Sound crew, part of the cameraman, or it was a cameraman. But they were a part of that. They're part of that crew. Just a slight correction there from the other day. So we make sure that we keep up on that. But anyway, keeping with this electronic voting stuff and, and funny business going on, Sharpie Gate. The, uh, the Sharpie pens, that's what everybody seems to be going on about now is this stuff mm-hmm. because they were... Now, GP, you, you say that there's a difference of these things. There's a difference between Sharpies, which I didn't know that. Is there a difference here? Well, you can... You can no, well, you can formulate your own Sharpies. I mean, is there's... You get you get a Sharpie pen, you know, you know that you could change the ink just like in any pen. You could change the I ink. I didn't know that. But what I'm... Yeah, you can. So it's... It's is really simple. I mean, it's not really complicated. You get like you guys, you never did this stuff as kids, you know, the invisible ink thing and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, but I didn't know you could change Sharpies. I thought the Sharpie was an actual Yeah, you, no, Well, the OK, the Sharpie pen itself. Yes. But inside it is a cartridge. You take that cartridge out and you put in your invisible ink, disappearing ink, whatever you want. I mean, it's pretty awesome <laughs> when you were young to, you know, yeah, to okay, do all this. Yeah, used to do all that stuff. Espionage. Used to pass stuff. the blank yeah, yeah. note and all that stuff in class. Yep, and all, yep, no, yep, no, yep, Mrs. Yep. No, no, Mrs. No, Smith, no, there's no, nothing no, on no, this. No. Yeah, yeah. You took the other pen to bring it out. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But there is that kind of simple situation. I don't delete. I think it's wrong when they tell you at the voting booth, you have to use our pen. You can't use yours. That's where I'm having an issue. Is it fraud? We don't know. We'll find out, won't we? That's exactly the problem, though, is we don't know. It leaves that. So one of the things that makes the Republic so great is trust in our system, right? And mm-hmm. the electoral process and all that. That's yes. why we have the peaceful transition of power, because people believe their vote counts and it's you know important, so on and so forth. And the next um, people in office step down, the next ones take power, so on and so forth. That's the peaceful transition. But when the population believes that there's sketchy, you know, we've always known that there was a level of um fraud that went on. That's kind of baked into the equation, but it was always yes. a small number. It, we've never had the capacity to um, have millions of mail-in ballots that could just either disappear or be altered or have completely new ones, the old ones thrown out, new ones brought in. We've never had that level of potential fraud across the entire nation. So when you ha- you go in and vote, and they're they're changing out, you know, saying you can't use a pen, taking the pen from you and handing you a Sharpie instead. And, you know, from past elections, Sharpies bleed through the, the, the ballot. And as such, the machine won't read it. It invalidates your ballot. What are you supposed to believe as as the voter? You know, they're 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 trying to create this tension. They're trying to create this unknown, if you will, right? So now you don't trust the vote. So now the right is saying you guys are committing fraud and the left are saying, oh no, it's no problem. There, there's nothing shady going on here. It's all good. Or the uh, you you have the other ones that are completely on board with this uh, in the left. I don't know if you've heard these types, but they're like, yeah, they cheated. I know it. Hey, our guy won. I don't care. Okay. What Both sides cheat. We, what what we happens it with, if it was the other way around? We played it with we played it with Army Horowitz the other day, the on the streets in, in New York. They yeah. don't care. The question was, if there's voter fraud and Trump wins, are you OK with that? No, absolutely not. OK, same question. Put the shoe on the other foot. If there's voter fraud and Joe Biden wins, is that OK? Yeah, of course it is. They don't care. They don't care about election integrities. What what did I say when we started all this? The left is done with our elections. They don't care anymore. They, they are, they are going to go out there and they're going to steal it out there in front of everybody. They don't care. They don't care. They understand if they don't do this, they go down. I think they're going to go down anyway, to be fair. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any way out of it for them other than that. So they have to do this. They have to do this. They they have to do this. It's not a matter of, well, they're doing it just to get a laugh out of it. No, you don't understand. They have to do this. They don't have any other choice. This is it for them. They're done. They're done. They are at endgame. They're finished and they know it. 
they have to do this. Let me let me ask this question. Okay, as someone that likes numbers and I, I like looking at the statistics and graphs and all that kind of stuff, right? What am I supposed to believe when I look at the numbers and I see heavily blue uh, districts where Donald Trump won sixty percent of the vote there? In those districts. And, and yet record, in some of these record black and Latino votes, just yes, throwing that in there. Yes. The minority vote, record minority vote, the highest since we've seen since what, Reagan? I mean, we're seeing these record breaking election for Trump, but yet we're having other counties that are having 90, 100 percent votes that are for Biden. How as a data analyst am I supposed to, to believe that this one isolated incident, right, this one state, this one or, or for example, uh, in these five states that are being contested right now, the major cities are the ones that are problematic. But however, the other blue uh, strongholds, if you will, we've seen in other states aren't following the same trend lines. They aren't doing the same thing. You would think that everybody that believes on the left, as polarized as things have become now, they would vote the same uh, as as these other counties that are voting nearly 100% for Biden, 100% in mail-in counts in some of these instances for 100,000, 132,000, 27,000, 50,000, these big dumps of mail-in ballots that they've had, right? How am I supposed to believe that to be true as someone that likes the numbers and statistics? And when I go back and look at the previous ones, look at 2008, look at how many voters turned out for 2008 for a historic election. We the first black president. That was a historic election. Why was there more voter turnout now per capita than there was then? Not even just per capita. The, the numbers altogether are higher, but per capita, there's more now. How is it that's the case as well? Well, I mean, the only conclusion I can come to is they realize the the um, division, the polarity that's going on right now and the unrest. And they're, they're concerned about what's going on, you know, with the economy, with the riots, with the COVID and all that. So I, I expect the numbers to be high. But how am I supposed to believe these margins when they're not adding up? It's not a trend everywhere. Like we've seen in every previous year before this, in every election, all of a sudden this election is so different. So I, I personally, there there is some discrepancies here and there is some so I am on board Trump should be contesting the votes in all these these five states specifically because of of these trends that are not normal so tomorrow we're going to be sitting down with uh, with Barney because he wants to weigh in on what's happened over there and you've heard his take he's no fan of Trump he's no fan of Trump but he's even saying yeah you guys got screwed so we're uh, we're going to sit down with him tomorrow we're going to go through uh, all this election stuff and I've got my own grievances to air tomorrow shall we say so uh, we are gonna have to leave it there uh, we are out of time so uh, I want to thank you guys for sitting down today GP thanks for coming in here at the end I know you're awful busy yeah, no problem but I uh, hope you had a nice breakfast I did, I did. yeah Okay. It was good. All right. We are going to have to go. But uh, again, we would like to extend an invitation to you, the listener out there, to drop us a line. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with us, we would welcome your feedback or any other suggestions you might have. Or if you would like to be a guest on our show, I know that this is the time when you need to speak up. You have got to speak now. If you want to come on and you want to sit down, you want to join our conversations, we would love to have you as a listener. We would love to get your input on our conversations. We would love to hear it. So you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. During this time, we need to be getting as many like-minded people together as humanly possible, wherever you come from. So we would ask you to pass this along to friends, families, and known associates. We are available for now everywhere you get your podcast, with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce and GP, thank you guys for your time tonight. Thank you. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 